Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is February 22nd, 2021. Long-term interest rates have risen sharply in 2021 so far, with the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond climbing from 0.93% on January 4th to 1.34% by last Friday. This move is a logical reaction to better news in the pandemic, encouraging data on how the economy has weathered an early winter surge in COVID cases, and rising prospects for significant fiscal stimulus. However, given this positive news flow, the bond market may have underreacted so far, suggesting that investors need to be positioned for further increases in rates, as an economic springtime turns to summer. Data on the pandemic continue to be encouraging. As of February 21st, a seven-day moving average of confirmed cases was 66,000, down 74% from its peak in early January, while the number of ongoing hospitalizations at 58,000 had fallen 56% from its peak. Most importantly, fatalities, while still averaging a terrible 1,900 per day over the last week, are down 43% from their mid-January peak. Despite weather disruptions, the vaccine rollout is continuing, with 75 million doses distributed and 63 million administered as of February 21st. Last week, both Pfizer and Moderna confirmed their plans to supply the US government with 220 million doses of their double-dose vaccines by March 31st, 400 million doses by May 31st, and 600 million doses by July 31st. Even ignoring the likely imminent approval of additional vaccines and allowing for lags in distribution and administration, the data continue to suggest that every American adult who wants the vaccine will be able to get a shot before the end of July. This, combined with those who have acquired some natural immunity through infection, should allow the pandemic to recede over the summer and fade as a factor restraining the economy. Meanwhile, readings on US economic activity continue to exceed expectations. Last Wednesday's January retail sales report showed a blockbuster 5.3% increase from December. Part of this gain likely reflected pandemic distortions to holiday seasonal patterns, and part likely was due to families receiving the $600 stimulus checks from the December pandemic relief package. It's also undoubtedly the case that consumer spending on services saw less momentum than spending on goods. However, with all of this said, it now looks likely that real consumer spending for January, which will be released this Friday, will show a roughly 2% month-to-month gain. This in turn puts real consumer spending for the quarter on track for a gain of between 2 and 3% annualized. Housing activity was also very strong in January, with single-family building permits hitting their highest level in almost 15 years. Data due out this week should also show some continued strength in capital goods shipments. In total, it now appears that real GDP growth could be between 5% and 3%, uh, between 2% and 3% annualized in the first quarter, getting the year off to a better-than-expected start even before receiving the booster shots of receding pandemic and surging fiscal stimulus. Numbers on inflation are also likely to warm up. Oil prices have risen sharply in recent months with the price of a barrel of West Texas intermediate crude oil climbing from a base of just over $40 last summer and fall to nearly $60 today. Much of this price increase should be sustained as the global economy accelerates in 2021. While inflation, as measured by the personal consumption deflation, should register a relatively tame 1.4% year-over-year gain in January, and could drift slightly lower in February, very easy comparisons from March on should push the year-over-year number above 2%.
Moreover, as the pandemic recedes over the summer, higher demand could boost prices for a very wide swath of services, maintaining inflation at or above the Fed's long-run 2% target. And then there's the issue of stimulus. This week, the House of Representatives looks set to pass a version of President Biden's rescue plan. On Saturday, the Congressional Budget Office produced an estimate of the budget effects of the House bill. Remarkably, of the $1.9 trillion in the bill, more than $1.2 trillion is expected to be spent in the current fiscal year, which ends in seven months, with a further $430 billion to be spent in the next fiscal year. This bill includes $1,400 rebate checks, enhanced unemployment benefits, cash for aiding businesses, and a very wide range of spending on battling the pandemic and helping out cash-strapped state and local governments. It looks likely that, with some minor trimming, something close to this bill will pass the Senate in the next few weeks on a strictly party-line vote, and that the President will sign it into law in mid-March. If this occurs, it should provide a very strong boost to an already fast-recovering economy over the summer and fall. It should be noted that at their December meeting, members of the Fed's Federal Open Market Committee forecast that, as of the fourth quarter of this year, year-over-year real GDP growth would be 4.2%, the unemployment rate would be 5%, and inflation as measured by the personal consumption inflation would be 1.8%. A faster-than-expected retreat to the pandemic, combined with very strong fiscal stimulus, should mean stronger real growth, lower unemployment, and higher inflation than the Fed projects. While the Fed has made it clear that it would not trigger an increase in the federal funds rate, it would likely raise the chances of a tapering of of government bond purchases early in 2022. This, combined with a synchronous surge in global economic activity, should cause long-term interest rates to rise further. And finally, investors should recognise just how low long-term interest rates remain. In the 50 years before the great financial crisis, the average ex-post real yield on a 10-year Treasury bond, using core CPI as a deflator, was 2.71%, and it only turned negative 6% of the time. In February, we estimate core CPI inflation could slip to 1.3% year-over-year, matching current 10-year Treasury yields. However, in the year ahead, core CPI inflation should be well above 2%, putting some upward pressure on yields. More importantly, as the US and global economies surge in the back of fiscal stimulus, real yields should turn positive again. For investors, this underscores the difficulty in achieving a positive return on high-quality fixed income and the need to find other sources of both income and return in the year ahead. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your JP Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.